Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Well, we've made it to the end of the year. We've made it one more time to uh, to the end of... And, you know, uh, at this time of the year, we typically see a lot of things uh, out at, when we're out and about. We kind of see things in review. We see... Uh, we look and, and uh, they... They put out in the media uh, uh, people that we lost this year in terms of uh, famous or celebrities or, or well-noted people. We uh, think about all the different things that have happened. We see uh, years in re- the year in review, uh, you know, uh, uh, those kind of things that talk about uh, what all's happened this year. And, and it, it kind of makes you uh, think about and take stock where we are, you know, uh, I remember as a young person, I couldn't imagine living in a time where we actually made it to the year 2000. And here we are, we're at 2018, almost 2019, and it, it just seems like it, it, it's not supposed to go any further. I mean, it, sometimes you, you get that kind of idea, that kind of feel of, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's too strange. It's not supposed to go this far. You know, life is not supposed to... I never would have believed as a little kid writing 1976 and 78 that I'd lived during a time where you'd have a, a you know 2000 and something and uh, but then you know after we get into the first couple of months of of next year we'll uh, you know in the next couple of weeks we'll get used to writing 2019 and it won't seem special anymore it'll be just normal everyday humdrum just like any other day it'll get uh, we'll get accustomed to those things and uh, but and that's kind of like uh, what happens to us at this time of the year. We take stock of things that have happened this year. We uh, we look at how our life has been, and we think about all the. And we come to the end of the year, and and we always talk about uh, making. Well, a lot of people talk about making New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do things differently this year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And uh, at the end of the year, I always want to think about not the next things I'm going to try and do, but think about all the things I said last year that I was going to do and and start in my mind thinking, well, did I do that? Did I did I read through the Bible all year this year? Well, yeah, click, check, clicked off on that one. It's kind of hard if you come to this time of the year and you, you've made a, a resolution to, to go to the gym every day to go and, and run up to the gym and make up for the whole year. Same way you can't make up reading the Bible all year long if you sit down today, tomorrow, and try and finish the year by reading everything that you haven't read so far. I mean, it's kind of, uh, it can be done. It can be done. You can read through the Bible uh, but uh, uh, in a day or so, but it's not easy to do. It's much easier if you take little bites, little small little bites out of it. Uh, you know, I had somebody at one time ask me, you know, uh, uh, how is it that you... Uh, 
accomplish this goal of getting this degree and that degree and doing this thing and that thing. And I learned a long time ago, it's not about trying to do it all at one time. It's about taking small little bites. You can't, it's the old adage of eating the elephant, you know, is what they used to always say. You can't sit down and try and eat a meal that's as big as an elephant. You know, think about, uh, we were talking about uh, the differences in steak this morning. I'm not going to go into all that kind of stuff. But if you had a mound of steak as big as an elephant, as much as you like steak and as enjoy steak and eating all that, you could you get sick if you tried to eat this huge mound of steak by by uh, the, the third or fourth steak. You get you get so tired of it, you just give up. It's the same way with a lot of tasks that we try and do in a year. We, you know, we say, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose uh, uh, 20 pounds this year." Uh, if you come to the end of the year and you haven't lost anything, it's hard to make up for the whole year that you haven't been doing stuff. It's hard at the end of the year to make up all the all the time that you haven't spent in the gym or haven't spent walking or you haven't spent uh, uh, exercising or reading the Bible or doing daily devotions. You can try and and shove a bunch of them in if you've come to maybe you're a week behind or something like that you can you can shove a lot of it in at the end but you're not really doing yourself good the whole prospect the whole aspect of of making that resolution was to try and have a daily uh, type of routine of doing these things i want to see myself closer to god i want to see uh, uh, myself as a person that has more of God's Word hidden in my heart. Maybe you're the type of person that says uh, at the beginning of the year, I want to, to memorize more of the Bible this year. I want to I spend time with God every day. I want to I uh, uh, devote a, an hour of day uh, at doing devotion and doing prayer. I want to enlarge my prayer life. I want to enlarge my daily Bible reading time. Uh, you can't be that person who has done that throughout the year by trying to get it all at the end. You have to do. You have to be someone who disciplines yourself to taking the step, each step along the way. Today we're going to look at Hebrews chapter twelve, and if you'll turn there in your Bibles, uh, the the author here is talking about uh, uh, these. He, he's talking about this kind of commitment. He says, "Wherefore, seeing we." Uh, all so are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who is for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, when you look at this passage of Scripture, you have to first say to yourself, uh, why is it saying, uh, this at the very beginning, wherefore, seeing we ha- uh, also are compassed about. What's he talking about? Well, uh, if you know anything about uh, the Bible and, and this 
Hebrews chapter 11. You know that Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of, of those who... Uh, the hall of faith, those who, who had great faith in God. And, and there's one after another of these uh, great figures of faith. Abraham had great faith. And a- uh, Abel off- uh, was offered unto God uh, uh, a sacrifice that was better, and, and so much so that Cain uh, took his life. Um, you have... Noah that was uh, had great faith that for many many years uh, toiled away at making uh, uh, the ark and and was doing all of that so that God uh, could bring about His desire. Uh, you have uh, all these different ones who have such great faith, but more importantly, this this ver- first verse uh, and and it could be better. Uh, translated consequently because of this uh, we need to look back at the last couple of verses of chapter 11 it says and these all he's talking about all these that have had faith in verse 39 and all of these having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise he said look all of these people that have been mentioned, all these figures throughout history, these uh, who's who of the Hebrew faith, uh, of uh, of the Hebrew people who had such great faith, and uh, these people that that exhibited all of this this faith in God, because of all of the all and all of these having obtained a good report, having all this faith, they still didn't see God's promise fulfilled. And we kind of talked about uh, this a little bit in Sunday school, uh, didn't we? We talked about how uh, 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 <clears throat> right up to the very end of his life, uh, we we have uh, um, was it Zachariah uh, or Simeon? Simeon, Simeon, I, 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 I drew a blank there for a second. We have Simeon that uh, we talked about this morning about how he, uh, uh, he knew that God was going to bring about the Messiah. He knew that God, and he prayed that God would allow him to, to continue to live, to, to continue to, to breathe until that time in which God would reveal his promised one. And so the writer here of Hebrews is saying that all of these who had such great faith, like Simeon, who continued on, didn't see uh, God's promise fulfilled, but Simeon finally did at the end of, end of his life. And um, But all of these others that had such faith, even though they had such great faith, they didn't see God's uh, uh, promise. They didn't receive that promise. They had faith in the promise coming, but they didn't see it. And God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So he's saying, look, all of these people that had such great faith, they... Uh, they didn't see the promise of God, but we have. We are encompassed by all those who had such great faith in the witness of God. That, um, and he's saying we need to continue to have that kind of faith. He said, look, uh, he gives us a, 
a plan of how we can proceed forward. And I think this is such a great uh, passage of Scripture for us at the end of the year because we're all considering, okay, in the next couple of days, we're going to see the end of 2018 and we're going to uh, be trying to figure out in our lives, what are we going to do to make 2019 different? Are we going to just simply continue on? Are we going to be like a vegetable and just laying aside, uh, uh, laying there on the side of the way and just watching the world go past us? Are we going to take uh, initiative, take hold of the new year and say, what am I going to do differently? Am I going to just simply allow things to continue on by itself the way it has and just continue to to fall uh, further and further behind? Or am I going to take a grasp of, of life and I'm going to try and do what I need to do in order to achieve? achieve the things I've always wanted to do. Maybe you need to take assessment and think about uh, the things that you set up for this past year and said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and begin to say, okay, I didn't meet that goal last year. What? Where did I fall? Where did I fail, falter? Maybe I, I wasn't resolved enough. Maybe I wasn't ready enough. And so uh, we have this prescription of how we can do those things. How can we meet the new year? He says, because we have all of these witnesses, he says, first of all, and he, he goes into this metaphor of, of thinking about uh, a race, uh, being a, part, a competitor, being someone who is a part of sports, who, who does this. And, and as you all know, Cynthia, she runs cross country. And, and I've, uh, when I was writing for the newspaper, I wrote about uh, uh, the cross country meet and what it means for a, a cross country athlete. Uh, they're not like that she participates in cross country and track because they both involve running. But um, she, uh, she says, I like cross country better. And I was like, how can anybody like running? But she does. She loves running. And uh, she says, I love, and, and she one time said, uh, we, we talked to her about whether or not she was going to run in college. And she said, no, I don't want to do that. I, I was just doing that for fun. And we were like, you, you were running for fun? Uh, most of us, we, we consider running as punishment. In fact, she's got a shirt that says, your punishment is my sport. Um, uh, because a lot of athletes, if they do something wrong, they have to run laps or something like that um, but she she says I love running because I get to get out there and 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 cross country especially because I get to go uh, through the woods and I get to see all kinds of stuff I uh, wouldn't see if I was going around and around on a track she said I love that long distance running and the writer here is saying, look, you need to see life like the, the cross-country athlete, that athlete that, that is in it for the long haul, that runs the long race. He says we need to do like that uh, racer does. Now, um, those who participate in uh, running, they know that they can't go out there and uh, if, it's, if they're going to run in the cold, now they they have these special clothes that they wear that that are real thin and they're very light and they pull on those uh, those pants and those shirts and they do things 
while they're running to keep the heat in and not to make the heat. And and when when it's hot outside, they've got clothes that 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 take the heat off. It's just amazing the kind of stuff they and they've got shoes that that cost hundreds of dollars that that are light as a feather. I mean, uh, they're there to to give protection to the foot and help them to to gain purchase on the ground. But they but they're but they're light as a feather and they and they just bend so easily and everything. It's all about reducing weight. And you don't get out there when you're getting ready to run uh, a, a marathon and you get all bulked up in clothes. You don't put on a big parka and you don't put on heavy sweatpants and you don't put on these shoes that are like uh, army boots in, in that they weigh a half, half a pa- uh, two or three pounds a piece. You, you, you do what's necessary to get as light as you can. And that's what um, the writer here is talking about. He says, we're encompassed about by all these witnesses. Think about uh, starting off in a stadium. Have you ever been in a stadium where uh, maybe a football stand that's circular and there's there's just fans all around. There's people all around. Maybe you've gone to the University of Georgia to watch the Bulldogs play and, and you're sitting there and, and there's fans all the way around. There's just all, everybody, everywhere around you, every seat that's available is full of people. In fact, there's so many people it's hard to get all of them on on the, uh, the same row that's supposed to be there. And, and you've got all these people all bunched together and they're there to watch the competitors on the field and the writer is saying look think about being in that stadium there at the university of georgia and think about all those people being around there are all these faithful witnesses of that were mentioned in hebrews 11 all these people who faith were faithful in the witness they're all watching you they're all watching you and you're about to continue in your race. And this next year is the next race that you're uh, approaching. And they're all watching. They're all waiting to see how you're going to run your race. They've already finished their race. They're done. They're sitting in the stands. They can't run it for you. They're waiting to see what you're going to do. So he says, let us lay aside every weight and every sin. He's talking about the runner, the race, in the race. Those ancient races, uh, uh, there we see depicted on uh, reliefs and and in carvings and on pottery and things. Those runners, they would run. They would take off all their clothes to run the race because it's hard to run in a big heavy robe. Right? I mean, you wouldn't want to try and run in a big robe because it's, it's bulky, it's heavy, and it's in the way. It, 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 it's cumbersome. And he says, you're running the race. Lay aside all the things that are heavy, all uh, the, the heavy weight. And so think about that in your life. What's encumbering you? What's keeping you from running the race? A lot of times it's not... Look, we have a lot of things in our life, but guess what? All of us have the same number of minutes in each day. The person that that dedicates a whole hour to studying God's Word and reading God's Word and applying that Word of God in their life and who spends 
that hour in communion with God. Maybe you, or you know somebody that prays for an hour a day. They do all the prayer and Bible study and then they pray for an hour every day. Guess what? They have just as many hours in a day as you and I do. But they've laid aside those things that, that get in their life. He's not talking about sinful things. Look, uh, watching CNN or MSNBC or Fox News uh, for an hour or two every morning before you go to work, that's not sinful. Or, or picking up the newspaper and reading it. Uh, my dad used to do this. He'd get every, up every morning... Living there in Charlotte, he'd get the Charlotte Observer, and and he'd get up every morning, and and it'd be delivered there to the house, and he'd uh, go out and get the newspaper, and he'd come in and sit at the table, and he would read the the newspaper, the Charlotte Observer, from cover to cover, and that was a big feat because back then you had five and six sections, and you had uh, several pages in each section. So it wasn't uh, you know, one of those little tiny little thin papers. It wasn't like the Charlotte Observer today, which maybe you know, eight or ten pages. It was a thick thing. It was a big piece. You know, and, and on Sunday, it was even thicker. And, and uh, uh, it wasn't just because of all the coupons in it. It was, it was a thick newspaper because it had more in it uh, because a lot of people would buy it on Sunday. They wouldn't buy it the rest of the week. So they'd include more in the newspaper. Well, he dedicated that time every morning by getting up earlier. He would spend time in his day reading the paper because it was important to him. And at times he would spend his day, uh, he used to get the Reader's Digest. You remember when the Reader's Digest was, was thick? We got the Reader's Digest when it was a big, thick magazine. And he would go through and he would read. He would do those word puzzles that were in there. And he would do those uh, tests to see if you know uh, your vocabulary. And he would do those things because he wanted to increase his vocabulary. And he did those things in his day while he was still working and when he was going about his business doing all kinds of things. And the reason he had time to do those things is because he, he said, aside those things that he didn't that were just waste of his time and he spent time doing those things that he thought were enriching his life reading the newspaper doing the word searches he spent time every day reading the bible and so we need to be like those people that are about us and and the writer here is saying look you need to be sure and and understand these witnesses that are watching you are watching how you live your life because they've watched they've lived their life already they know how they ran the race he said we need to set aside those things that are encumbering our lives. Uh, maybe you're uh, wasting away a, an hour or two a day uh, watching frivolity on, on TV. Or maybe you're wasting a, a part of your day just simply uh, doing nothing at all that, that's not really of any benefit. And you need to take stock and say, well, I can cut down on this time that I'm wasting uh, and, and use this time to spend it with God. Or I can spend this time praying to God. I can spend this time reading God's Word. Or maybe I'll, I'll wake up a little earlier, go to bed a little earlier at night, and wake up a little earlier in the morning so I can make sure that I have time to study God's Word every day before I start out my day. And so I can have time to, to spend it with God and, and make sure that I, I begin my day. Lay aside those things that are, are weighing you down, those things that are encumbering you. Maybe it's just simply wasting 
wasting time looking at, at the internet feed on your phone or, or wasting time looking at stuff that, that's on the internet that's not worth your time. You need to, it's not saying that those things are bad, but those things are weighing you down, keeping you from doing the things you want to do to increase your life. He says, lay those things aside because they're weighing you down. He says, and the sin, now that's in addition. He's not saying uh, uh, that these things are sinful, but he says you need to also take stock in what you're doing in your life. And he says, get rid of the sin that's in your life. He says, in the sin which does easily beset us. and let, uh, He says, look, you need to also understand that there may be sin in your life that is keeping you from doing those things. I don't know about you. But when I, I have something in my life that God, uh, that God's Holy Spirit is is prodding me about that that I've done that that's not necessarily what God wanted for me in my life, uh, I, I can't sit and pray without the Spirit of God poking me. In it's like it's like uh, uh, you know tapping me on the back of the head. You know, some fathers, they'll tap their son on the back of the head to get his attention. Uh, my dad used to flick my ear. Uh, to get my attention or you know some mamas they'll take the little child's ear and 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 grab a hold of it and and tug on it a little bit and say hey you're not paying attention get uh you need to pay attention here uh uh you, you need to do what i'm telling you to do um the holy spirit grabs hold of me every time i open god's word to start to read it or whenever i sit down and, and i start to pray uh the spirit of god uh, really flicks on me and says, "You need to, you need to take care of this." And it's almost as if he flashes in front of my eyes exactly what I did, and and, and I know for a fact those are the things that I need to to be in prayer about uh, and confessing before God. And and the writer here is saying, "Look, you can't run the race if you've got those things that are." Uh, and for the runner, this is like the obstacles that are in the way. When you're running a race, uh, you know, sometimes uh, Cynthia would, would say, you know, oh, I don't like this particular uh, course. It's got uh, this big steep hill, and at the bottom of the hill is this big sand pit, and it, and it makes it sloshy to get to start uh, running up that hill. It's hard to get uh, a good head start because you've got to go through this big area where it's real sandy and everything. And, and you know, run, if you've ever run at the beach, it's hard when the, uh, when the beach, uh, sand is really uh, loose and everything. It, you don't have that hard pack sand. You want to get over there to where that is. But uh, if you're trying to run through the really soft sand, uh, that's just it's like quicksand almost. It's keeping you from uh, running real well. And uh, the writer here is saying sin is just like that. It's going to bog you down. It's going to your sin is going to cause you to have difficulty, and it's an obstacle. You can't run as fast because you're having to run over those sins and around that sin you're having to uh he says just get rid of that sin in your life confess it before god get rid of that sin because it uh it's all around you and it's keeping you from running the race and he says and then let us run with patience patience he's saying now you can't when you start off a long race like cross country that's two and uh, three and a half miles uh, you you can't you can't when you hear the gun go off you can't sprint to get out to the front why because you're going to waste all your energy trying to be in the front 
But you've got a whole three miles, three and a half miles ahead of you. You need to set a good pace and get your pace going good so that you can uh, be in the hunt. You can be in the pack. You can be there. And then when uh, at certain times you need to sprint and, 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 and gain ground, but you, can, but you can't spend all your energy there at the beginning. It's like a marathon runner. Those people that are running uh, 26 miles in a marathon, when the gun goes off, you see some of those runners, they, they start running at a good pace. Those are the professional runners. Those are the people that, that run all the time. But you see some people, they're all, it's almost like they're jogging because they know they've got 26 miles ahead of them. They, can't, they don't want to start running like they're at the finish line because they know they've got 26 miles ahead. He says, you need to have patience. Don't try and expend all of your energy at one time with patience run because why? You know that you've got a race ahead of you. You can't be uh, discouraged by the fact that other people are getting ahead of you. Don't be disheartened by the fact that, that your pace may not be as quickly as someone else's. Don't, don't rush out there at the beginning. And, and this is what a lot of people do at the beginning of the year when they make a New Year's resolution. Oh, they, they pile them all on. They'll do this. And they'll do, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in the Bible. I'm going to uh, spend time uh, uh, reading Reader's Digest every day and, and, and increasing my vocabulary. I'm going to uh, make sure that I spend time uh, with my kids and all that kind of stuff. And they, they'll list 10, 15 things they're going to do in the year. And boy, at the beginning of the year, they're doing great. They, they rush and they, they work really, really hard. And they're spending most of their day doing all of their resolutions forgetting about the fact that their day is they still have the regular part of their day to do so that by the end of the first week those people that rushed out and got a gym membership and spent all this money to to get all these things the the gym gym clothes are stuffed in the corner somewhere and their gym shoes are are just sitting over there on the side and their membership they went maybe a week two weeks at the most and and they won't see the gym for the rest of the year uh, health clubs love those kind of people because that's money they've already paid and they don't and the people aren't coming and the people that go to the gym every day they know they're going to have to endure some people for a while <coughs> but they haven't those people don't have patience they don't instead they they didn't set just one goal and started out slowly and know that they can do that much and do that much for the whole year. You see, you have to work up to it. I had a friend in high school that ran marathons while he was in high school. And he he would go out and he'd run uh, 20 miles one day and the next day he'd run 15 miles and the next day he'd run uh, 23 miles. And he was doing this because he, he knew the more he ran, the, the quicker his pace would be. But you don't start out running 26 miles on the first day you're training. You start out running two or three miles and you build up to that. You can't, you have to have patience. And then he says the most important thing in the next verse. He says, looking unto Jesus. Now, 
he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, he's saying, look at Jesus. Look to Jesus. Now, a lot of us would say, you know, okay, I'm going to look at Jesus and I'm going to uh, gain inspiration from that. Now, what he's saying there in looking at Jesus, he's saying, cast your gaze upon Jesus. Now, there's a difference between looking at something and casting your gaze. You know, you can be driving down the road and you can see a cow in the field while you're going 65 miles an hour down the road. Or you can stop when you see the cow in the road or down the road and you can get out of the car and you can go up to the fence on the field and you can sit there and look at that cow and see the freckles on his face and you can see all the contours of the hair that's on his hide and you can go up and rub the cow a little bit and, and listen to the, the cow make all the cow noises, you know, mooing and all that kind of stuff and, and everything. Now, which, do you, which person do you think has a better understanding of the cow? The person that, that saw the cow going 65 miles an hour down the road and glanced over at the cow or the person that stopped, got out of the car, went over to the, uh, to the side of the, the pasture and watched, looked at the cow for a while before getting back into the car. Well, of course, it's the person that got out, right? That person's going to know Maybe even know the name of the cow, uh, you know, if it's on, you know, the collar or something like that. Uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, will name the cow if they don't have a name for the cow already on the cow, and they they might start calling the cow by that name. They and they'll know that cow and they'll see all the differences about that cow than than all the other cattle in the field. Now, we're called to. Cast our gaze upon Jesus. Don't just look at Jesus like you're going 65 miles an hour down the road. But look, cast your gaze. Study Jesus. And that's what He's calling for us to do. Because it says, look, you need to cast your gaze upon Jesus. Why? Because He's the author and finisher of our faith. You don't know that if you just kind of glance at Jesus. You're just looking at Jesus. If, some, if you're going down the road and says, somebody says, hey, look at that house over there. Well, you see it for a second, but you're not really seeing all the detail of the house. You don't even see what's inside the house. But He's saying, no, look at Jesus. Look at Him. Study Him. Cast your gaze upon Jesus because He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the, He's saying, look, and remember, He's talking about all the witnesses of faith around. He's, he says, look, He's the, the finish line. Jesus is the finish line. We're, we're to emulate Jesus. We're to look at Jesus like... And a runner will do this a lot of times too. When, there's a long, when they're a long way off, 
They can see the finish line coming. That's when they're supposed to sprint. They're supposed to take off. Now, uh, they're, they're, all the energy that they've had uh, in their body that's gotten them to that point, they have to pull on every ounce of energy that's left in order to get to the finish line. And you don't want to just simply make it to the finish line. You want to get there as quick as you can. And so a lot of times they'll focus on the finish line and they'll, and they'll keep it in there. And, and it's like they've got blinders on. They don't see all the other people around them. They don't know anybody. And they're not looking behind them to see who's coming up behind them. They've got their gaze set upon the finish line because that's where they're going. And he's saying... Look at Jesus. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the, the finish line. He's the example of all the faith that, that, that all the witnesses have, have borne to. He's the one that they've placed their faith in. And you need to keep your faith in Him. You need to, 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 uh, to take stock in Him. And why? Because He set aside all of the things, uh, all the glory of heaven. He allowed Himself to be despised and hated and to be crucified on the cross. He allowed Himself to have the sin of the world placed upon him, him who knew no sin, and he uh, uh, bore that sin for us, and he overcame that sin and death on the cross so that he could sit at the right hand of, of God the Father. He says, look, he is the prize. He's not only the finish line, he's not only what you need to emulate in order to get there, but he is the prize. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the prize. He's set down at the right hand of the Father and we need to, to do everything we can in order to reach the end. So, how are you going to face the new year? Are you a spectator that never... Uh, look, are you still sitting on the sidelines trying to pick out which pair of shoes you want to wear? Are you even in the race? That means, are you, do you have Jesus Christ in your heart and life? Do you have a relationship with God? And if so, are you participating? Are you doing things to get closer to Him? Are you doing things to have a greater faith in, in Jesus Christ? What are you going to do with next year? Provided that all of us have another 365 days. We're not guaranteed to even make it to 2019. But we're not, and we're especially not guaranteed to make it all the way through. Again, consider all the people that didn't make it through last year. What are you going to do with next year? Are you going to just let it pass you by? and not be any better off than you are today? Or are you going to take next year the blessing that, is God, that God has given you for another year? Are you going to grow closer to Him? Are you going to be a more committed witness for Jesus Christ? Are you going to spend your year growing in faith? by being a student of God's Word? Are you going to be someone who devotes himself to hiding God's Word into it in your heart? What are you going to do next year? Are you going to just let it go by? Because guess what? It will pass you by just as fast as those runners going by you at a race. It'll be here and then it'll be gone. Are you going to be sitting here next year at the end of the year if God grants us with a, a whole year 
wondering what you did last year that filled so much of your time that you didn't do anything to get any closer to God. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. All those heroes of the faith, they ran their race, and now they're sitting in the glory with God the Father. And you're in a race that's called life. How are you going to spend it? How are you going to do it? Are you going to give more to God this year than you gave last year? Are you going to spend more time with God this year than last year? Are you going to do more for God than you did last year? What are you going to do? Let's pray.